You're listening to Through the Bible by Faith Community Church. Join us for 365 consecutive days as we read God's Word together. This podcast uses the World English Bible, American Edition, a translation that is open source and in the public domain. To learn more about our ministry, please visit faithcommunityma.com. November 15th, Acts chapters 23 to 25. Paul, looking steadfastly at the council, said, Brothers, I have lived before God in all good conscience until today. The high priest, Ananias, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Do you sit to judge me according to the law and command me to be struck contrary to the law? Those who stood by said, Do you malign God's high priest? Paul said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was a high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the others Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of Pharisees. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am being judged. When he had said this, an argument arose between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the crowd was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees confess all of these. A great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' part stood up and contended, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or angel has spoken to him, let's not fight against God. When a great argument arose, the commanding officer, fearing that Paul would be torn in pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force among them and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Cheer up, Paul, for... As you have testified about me at Jerusalem, so you must testify also at Rome. When it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying they would neither eat nor drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 people who had made this conspiracy. They came to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse to taste nothing until we have killed Paul. Now, therefore... You, with the council, informed the commanding officer that he should bring him down to you tomorrow, as though you were going to judge his case more exactly. We are ready to kill him before he comes near. But Paul's sister's son heard that they were lying in wait, and he came and entered into the barracks and told Paul. Paul summoned one of the centurions and said, Bring this young man to the commanding officer, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the commanding officer and said, Paul, the prisoner, summoned me and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to tell you. The commanding officer took him by the hand and going aside, asked him privately, what is it that you have to tell me? He said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though intending to inquire somewhat more accurately concerning him. Therefore, don't yield to them for more than 40 men lie in wait for him who have bound themselves under a curse to neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. Now they are ready, looking for the promise from you. So the commanding officer let the young man go, charging him, Tell no one that you have revealed these things to me. He called to himself two of the centurions and said, Prepare two hundred soldiers to go as far as Caesarea with seventy horsemen and two hundred men armed with spears at the third hour of the night. He asked them to provide mounts so they might set Paul on one and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. He wrote a letter like this. Claudius Lysias to the most excellent governor, Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. Desiring to know the cause why they accused him, I brought him down to their council. I found him to be accused about questions of their law, but not to be charged with anything worthy of death or of imprisonment. 
When I was told that the Jews lay in wait for the man, I sent him to you immediately, charging his accusers also to bring their accusations against him before you. Farewell. So the soldiers, carrying out their orders, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. But on the next day, they left the horsemen to go with him and return to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. When the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. When he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you fully when your accusers also arrive. He commanded that he be kept in Herod's palace. Acts 24. After five days, the high priest Ananias came down with certain elders in an order, one Tortullus. They informed the governor against Paul. When he was called, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by you we enjoy much peace and that prosperity is coming to this nation for your foresight, we accept it in all ways and all places, excellent Felix, with all thankfulness. But that I don't delay you, I entreat you to bear with us and hear a few words. For we have found this man to be a plague, an instigator of insurrections among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we arrested him. By examining him yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the attack, affirming that these things were so. When the governor had beckoned to him to speak, Paul answered, Because I know that you have been a judge of this nation for many years, I cheerfully make my defense, seeing that you can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship at Jerusalem. In the temple, they didn't find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city. Nor can they prove to you the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I serve the God of our fathers, believing all things which are according to the law and which are written in the prophets, having hope toward God, which these also themselves look for, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. In this I also practice always having a conscience void of offense toward God and men. Now, after some years, I came to bring gifts for the needy to my nation and offerings, amid which certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, not with a mob, nor with turmoil. They ought to have been here before you and to make accusation if they had anything against me, or, or else let these men themselves say what injustice they found in me when I stood before the council. Unless it is for this one thing that I cried, standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead, I am being judged before you today. But Felix, having more exact knowledge concerning the way, deferred them, saying, When Lysias, the commanding officer, comes down, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion that Paul should be kept in custody and should have some privileges, and not to forbid any of his friends to serve him or to visit him. After some days, Felix came with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was terrified and answered, Go your way for this time, and when it is convenient for me, I will summon you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul that he might release him. Therefore also he sent for him more often and talked with him. But when two years were fulfilled, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and desiring to gain favor with the Jews, Felix left Paul in bonds. Acts chapter 25. Festus, therefore, having come into the province after three days, went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. Then the high priest and the principal men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they begged him, 
asking a favor against him that he would summon him to Jerusalem, plotting to kill him on the way. However, Festus answered that Paul should be kept in custody at Caesarea, and that he himself was about to depart shortly. Let them, therefore, he said, that are in power among you go down with me, and if there is anything wrong in the man, let them accuse him. When he had stayed among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea, and on the next day he sat on the judgment seat and commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing against him many and grievous charges which they could not prove, while he said in his defense, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I sinned at all. But Festus, desiring to gain favor with the Jews, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and be judged by me concerning these things? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also know very well. For if I have done wrong and have committed anything worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if none of those things are true that they accuse me of, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Now when some days had passed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. As he stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a certain man left a prisoner by Felix, about whom, when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews informed me, asking for a sentence against him. I answered them that, It is not the custom of the Romans to give up any man to destruction before the accused has met the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to make his defense concerning the matter laid against him. When, therefore, they had come together here, I didn't delay, but on the next day sat on the judgment seat and commanded the man to be brought. When the accusers stood up, they brought no charges against him of such things as I suppose, but had certain questions against him about their own religion and about one Jesus who was dead, whom Paul affirmed to be alive. Being perplexed how to inquire concerning these things, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there be judged concerning these matters. But when Paul had appealed to be kept for the decision of the emperor, I commanded him to be kept until I could send him to Caesar. Agrippa said to Festus, I also would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So on the next day, when Agrippa and Bernice had come with great pomp, and they had entered into the palace of hearing, the place of hearing, with the commanding officers and the principal men of the city, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all the men who were present here with us, you see this man about whom all the multitude of the Jews petitioned me, both at Jerusalem and here, crying that he ought not to live any longer. But when I found he had committed nothing worthy of death, and as he himself appealed to the emperor... I determined to send him, of whom I have no certain thing to write, my lord. Therefore I have brought him out before you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, that after examination I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not also to specify the charges against him. Thank you for listening to Through the Bible by Faith Community Church. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, faithcommunityma.com.